0: The following criticism and commentary is meant for educational and entertainment purposes only. Copyrighted movie clips are protected under the Fair Use Doctrine. The opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect the views of Minor and Landis, the firm, or its employees. Movie trope. Definition. A common or overused theme or device found in many films. Hey, it's Mike, the podcast producer for Minor and Landis Immigration Update. You've heard my voice plenty of times, but I'm here today with the real brains behind this podcast, immigration partner, Lynn Walker. She's the one who writes the articles that I read each week. But today we're gonna be joining forces to do something a little different. Today we're going to evaluate the accuracy of immigration scenes in popular movies. Now we've searched the web looking for movies that deal in one way or another with immigration. So I'm going to play some clips And then we're going to have Lynn tell us how realistically these films portray various aspects of the immigration process and immigration law. Some of what I've learned so far has been definitely surprising. I've had a few of my misconceptions about immigration that I've learned from popular culture shattered already. So I think this is going to be fun as well as informative. So thanks for joining me, Lynn, for this episode of Immigration in the Movies.
1: Thanks for having me, Mike, and having my no button as a third guest as well. We will be using oh, this man. with more frequency as we go through these movies. <laughs> no, 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 no. So we thought a great place to start would be with Ellis Island, which represents the immigration experience for most immigrants coming to the United States.
0: So I found several clips that deal with immigrants coming to America and having to deal with the inspection process at Ellis Island that Lynn was talking about. The first one I'd like to play for you is from a beautiful period piece called Brooklyn. Brooklyn is a 2015 film directed by John Crowley and starring Sayor C. Ronan. The movie is set at first in Ireland in the 1950s. The story concerns Eilis Lacey a young woman working in a grocery store who has bigger ambitions of leaving her small gossipy town and moving to America. As she approaches New York, Eilis is coached by an older and more seasoned traveler as to how not to get stopped by the immigration inspectors.
2: Oh dear, we are going to have to do something with you. They'll put you in quarantine or something if you're trying out to enter the country looking like that. Nothing fancy. You mustn't look like a tart. Ready for inspection. Don't
0: look too innocent, though. I put some rouge and mascara on you. Can you move
2: that out,
0: Perhaps a little eyeliner. Passport, please. Stand up straight. Yes. Polish your shoes. Next, don't
2: cough, whatever you do.
0: We have Over this way.
1: Don't be rude or pushy. We don't look too nervous.
2: Step this way.
1: Think like an American. You have to know where you're going.
2: Welcome to the United States, ma'am. Through the blue door, please. Next, please.
0: Well, it seems like there wasn't really much of an inspection there. It just took a few moments, and then she was allowed to go into New York City. Is that kind of the way it happened?
1: Well, that that is interesting. And it is, in fact, fairly accurate for the time. So um, Ellis Island doctors were famous or infamous, if you will, for doing what they called the six second physicals. And it was all about appearances, outward appearances. So the doctors were trained to look for 60 different symptoms of outward disease. For example, was a passenger coughing or sneezing? Were they wheezing? Did they have red eyes? Were they limping? Was their gait uneven? And ultimately, what they were looking for in these very quick inspections Was did this person have a disease that was highly contagious? And they were worried during that time about a handful of diseases, mostly tuberculosis and a severe eye infection called trachoma, which is an eye infection that could lead to blindness. All right, so Mike, we saw in that clip that it's a weird thing that they call it a medical inspection she wasn't really. It was mean. hardly anything at all. Yeah, yeah. Right. I. They look at her. They ask. They ask her a few questions, and then they say, "Welcome to the U.S." And the the yeah. scene um, ends with her leaving through what's known as the Golden Doors. She's now admitted. Right. City. And the yeah. light
0: comes streaming in through the door, and she yeah. goes off. It's, it's very to, beautiful. Know, to her future. Um,
1: really it's Very nice. symbolic. Very meaningful. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's not much of an inspection. You and I were discussing this, and. You were telling me that there is a much more famous medical examination scene um, from The Godfather Two. Can you introduce that for us?
0: Yeah, sure. So this clip from The Godfather Part Two is also set at Ellis Island, and it's when Vito Corleone as a young boy is sent to America. For those of you listening on the audio podcast, I'll describe what we are seeing because there's not a lot of dialogue. This clip begins with the young Vito Corleone on a crowded ship, approaching New York City with hundreds of other immigrants. Of course, we get the obligatory shot of the Statue of Liberty, but that truly must have been an inspiring sight for immigrants at the time. And I have to admit that this is always kind of touching for me since my great-grandparents came here from Italy also around this time. So now, here we are in the inspection station, which is very accurate packed with people in what looked like a series of cattle chutes made with white metal pipes. There is Vito being given the six-second exam. But in this case, the inspector marks his jacket with chalk and sends him to a nurse. nurse. She then takes him to a doctor's office where he is shirtless with several men of various ages and being looked at by a doctor in a white coat but it's still not much of an examination. Tell him he has smallpox, Quarantine three months. They take young Vito, Areas. this is him. who has still not uttered a word of dialogue at this point down a dark hallway to a sparsely furnished hospital room. And he is left there. Of course, the Statue of Liberty is just outside his window, and he begins to sing a little song to himself. So we can see that this is a completely different process. seems much more in-depth. Um, is any of this accurate or was it just for the movie?
1: So it, it is actually a- accurate. We, we did some research on this. So um, from the, the visual images, you can see that he is a very slight child um, and he's incredibly pale and emaciated. And so when the doctor looks at him, the doctor puts a, a chalk mark on his shoulder. And in fact, that's what the medical inspectors at Ellis Island did. Um, So if a person exhibited any of these outward signs where the doctors thought that they could potentially be ill, they would get a, a mark on their shoulder in chalk, and then they would be sent to island number two, where a more thorough medical examination was done. So if a doctor did a more thorough examination, and we see part of that in the clip where he's examined amongst a group of older men, and they determined uh, he's just sickly looking, but there's nothing wrong with him, or maybe he has a broken bone that needs to be attended to or dislocation, they would have patched him up and sent him to be admitted into the U.S., unfortunately they find that he is not well and does in fact have a highly communicable disease and at that point what they did and you know they didn't explain it but what actually happens is he was shipped to island three which contained the hospital for medical treatment where individuals with communicable diseases were sent now one of two things could happen here. You would be treated and if you recovered, you would then be admitted to the U.S. But if after treatment you did not recover, the U.S. government would actually deport you back to your home country. So it is fairly accurate.
0: And that was a real fear for a lot of people is that they would be sent back, exactly. of course.
1: It's estimated that approximately 120,000 immigrants were deported from the US after failing to recover. And unfortunately, Island 3 was the last home for nearly 4,000 immigrants who perished from their illness on Island 3. So today the process is somewhat different, Uh, actually (laughs) incredibly different, um, with very little room for human error. Today, the medical exams are conducted by authorized civil surgeons who are just doctors licensed by the US immigration services to conduct these medical examinations. And instead of doing these six second physical examinations based on visual cues, the physician will look at a person's entire medical history including their vaccination records and Uh use blood work to determine if the individual does in fact have any communicable diseases.
0: You wouldn't know all of that, obviously, from watching popular movies. No,
1: no, you wouldn't.
0: Um, Another commonly, very commonly held uh, conception or misconception you're going to tell us is is the name change thing, where people are coming over and for one reason or another, often often shown as callousness to their culture. the inspector will just arbitrarily change their name. So I have what's actually sort of a, a cute version of that. Uh, we watched a movie called An American Tale, which is an animated film from 1986. The 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 little mouse family, the Mouskowitz family who, who, that the film is about, during a storm, during their passage, the family's eldest son, Fievel, is washed overboard. Now, spoiler alert, he makes it to New York, New York City. <laughs> But in this particular scene I'm going to show, the family is going through inspection at Ellis Island without him. And the father momentarily forgets. And there's a little moment of pathos there. But we also get a taste of the infamous name-changing myth or truth. No, no. New York. Name?
2: Smovolodny Dromovitchki. Okay, Mr. Smith. Family Mouse How many? Five. Oh, I mean four. Okay, next.
0: Papa, why did they change my name to Tilly? So that seems like a simplified version for kids of what is supposed to have happened to many immigrants at Ellis Island. But I can't help but wonder if it was really that. Callous and arbitrary. So, in, earlier in the Godfather 2 clip that we played before, I found what I think is a more realistic example of an immigrant's name being changed, but in this case, due to a misunderstanding. Where are you from? What, what is your name? What is your name? Come on, son.
1: What is your name? Tuo nome? Vito Andolini from Corleone.
0: Corleone, Vito
1: Corleone. Okay, over there.
0: So clearly the guy mixed up his name and his town of origin, mm-hmm. which seems like, a, a, like an, an inspector should know better than that. But anyway, so is this really the kind of thing that happened uh, with, with the name change myth?
1: No, 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 no. no, I am so sorry to burst your bubble. Uh, no, this is not what happened. Um, our immigration inspectors were better than this. And uh, I think one of the, the myths that kind of led to this happening was the idea that there were no translators at Ellis Island, when in fact, there were many translators at Ellis Island. They may not have spoken every language, but they certainly did, in fact, speak the language of many of the European immigrants coming to the U.S. So where did this myth arise from? So if you recall from some of these clips that we're showing, the vast majority of individuals who immigrated to the U.S. at you know that time came through steerage, came by ship. And it was actually the responsibility of these shipping companies, these steamship companies, which were located mainly in Europe, to produce a manifest or a log that included each immigrant's name, their country of origin, and the answer to 29 questions that mostly determined the health, moral fitness, and ability to work of each immigrant.
0: So this is all happening before they even leave their home country.
1: Exactly. And if if you can imagine, because individuals are fleeing from war, political upheaval, religious persecution, it's not an orderly and necessarily a peaceful process. It's a very quick process. You buy the ticket, you answer these questions, you get on board. And so the shipping clerks did not have a lot of time to spend with individuals. And so they would ask for the individual's name to write in the manifest. They didn't take the time to inspect the individual's passport to confirm that the name they wrote was the individual's actual name. So when this did occur, it usually happened in the ship's manifest when the person bought the ticket abroad. Much of the information that the immigration officers had at Alice Island came almost exclusively from the ship's manifest. It seemed like the the inspection process in total took anywhere from two to four hours, with much of that being the individual waiting in these long queues to get to an officer, not two to four hours with an actual officer. So unfortunately, as much as this creates drama and just um, a sense of empathy for individuals who who are coming here and their their name and their culture isn't being recognized by our immigration system, this is a myth that I really wanna quash. It happened abroad, not here in the US.
0: The next movie we wanna talk about is a movie called The Immigrant from 2013. And there are several things wrong with this one. It's a beautiful movie, very sad movie, and beautifully shot and acted, all of those things. But there are some egregious errors in this film. So let me set it up by saying it's about two sisters coming to America. And in the clip I'm about to show, they're making their way through the inspection process. One of them is clearly ill and she is pulled off of the line and taken to be held until she recovers, like we talked about before with Vito Corleone, being set aside until he or she is healthy enough to be led into the United States. So we saw that in The Godfather, and this must have happened to a lot of people because this sort of thing keeps recurring in a lot of a lot of movies. It's, it's a constant theme, a trope, as they say. In the meantime, the older sister, played by Marion Cotillard, is pulled out of line because of some kind of mix-up with the name and the address of her connection in New York City. Your name, please?
2: Eva Sibuska. Where are you from? Katowice, in Silesia. Poland? Yes. Married or single? I'm not married. Uh-huh. They took my sister. I can not We're not dealing married. with your sister right now, ma'am. Understood. What was your occupation in Poland? I was a nurse for an English diplomat. Have you ever committed a crime of any kind? No. Mm -hmm. Please, where is the infirmary? Well, it says here on the manifest that you had a problem on the ship, that you may be a woman of low morals. Is that true? No. That is not true. It's not true. No. Do you have any money? No, but my aunt and my uncle, they live here, mm-hmm. and they're waiting for us. Here at this address? Yes. hmm Well, apparently they didn't show, and this address doesn't exist. It's not valid. What, what is not valid? Doesn't exist. Now, we do not allow unescorted women into this country, especially if there's a question of low morals. Due to your situation, I'm going to have to designate you liable to become a public charge. You'll be held for a hearing. No. Most likely deportation. I'm sorry. Next. 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 Name? From? Very simple. Morning, I'm Bruno Weiss from the Traveler's Aid Society. You speak English? No morning. I speak English. You speak English? Yes. Do you speak it well? Oh, yes. What's your name? Eva Siborska. Pleasure to meet you. You know Weiss. What about her? Liable to become public charge. She arrived with her sister who was quarantined for lung disease. Best of luck to you. Sir, can you help me? Ma'am, you are in the exclusion line? Did they explain to you what that meant? Yes, yes. They're sending you back. No, no, no. I I can work. You know this man. You talk to them. You've already been processed. Their decision's been rendered. There's very little I can do. Please. You out there, do you understand? Well good luck to you.
0: Step this way, please, ma'am. So all of this seems really kind of creepy and and wrong, and I'm just wondering, you know, how accurate is it? Could something like that have happened at that time?
1: So I, I, I just want to say thank you for putting up with me screaming at the television while we were, you know, watching this film. And I, I kept yes. making you stop. Um, and that's not to say that I don't love this film as a drama. It mm-hmm. is incredibly beautiful and moving. Is it historically accurate to our immigration system? No. It, it, and it, it. I just got the sense For a number of reasons that we'll talk about and i'm trying to be as polite as possible that they did not even speak with an immigration attorney when they they made this part of the film so there were a couple of issues that came up first the immigration inspector said that she was being um, deported or excluded from the u.s because she was at risk of being a public charge Now, this term is, in fact, real. U.S. immigration defines a public charge, and I'll read this to you, as a non-citizen who is deemed likely to become primarily dependent on the government for subsistence or everyday survival.
0: Couldn't that just mean someone who's extremely poor?
1: So poverty itself isn't the issue because many people who came to the U.S. and who still come to the U.S., uh would be considered poor. The issue is, do you possess the knowledge, skills, training, and education to obtain a lawful job? Do I know enough about maybe carpentry or plumbing or teaching where I can get a job and support myself and my family? So, although being a public charge is still very worrisome for intending immigrants, the way the film portrayed being a public charge was really mixed up with the idea that you were a person of poor moral character. That's just simply not the way it would happen.
0: So, what we eventually end up finding out, and I'm going to play a, a clip from a little later in the movie, is that this was all a setup. That the inspector was in cahoots with Joaquin Phoenix to pick out women who he thought were susceptible and possibly of of low moral. What's the word? Low moral. Uh, uh, I,
1: I think uh, they called her a woman of low morals.
0: Just a woman of low morals, mm-hmm. um, so that then he Joaquin Phoenix could scoop her up and put her in a position to actually become a prostitute, which we'll 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 show in a minute. Um, do you know if those kinds of backroom scams were actually happening or not?
1: The rule at the time was that unaccompanied women and children were specifically prohibited from leaving Ellis Island with a man that was not related to them. For this very reason, they did not want women and children being taken advantage of and either being placed into some form of forced labor or prostitution. Um, And what Bruno did to Eva is the embodiment of human trafficking. This was the very reason why Ellis Island and U.S. immigration had the rule that if you were an unaccompanied woman, which pretty much meant unmarried, you could not leave the island with a man that you did not know who was not related to you. So, again, this was used to create drama, but wholly and historically not accurate.
0: So a couple of inaccuracies already. Yes. So as I said, I'm going to play a clip from a little bit later in the movie where Joaquin Phoenix, who is Bruno, tells Eva that she's responsible for her sister's medical care. Now, remember, her sister is on Island 3, I think you said it was, yeah. You know, recovering from what seems to be tuberculosis or some other uh, lung disorder.
2: Morning. You slept over 13 hours. I received a telegram this morning. It's about your sister. Can you read English? Yes. Tuberculosis is a very bad disease. Of course, you'll have to pay for her care somehow. I can get her off the island, whether she's cured or not. I know people It'd be difficult and costly, but it can be done. I gave them this address, of course, so your sister will be able to send you letters. You could use a wash There's a bathhouse across the street. It's easy to find.
0: So was that true? Whatever Eva did, whether she was a prostitute or worked, you know, as a seamstress, did she need to save up money to help get her sister out of the hospital?
1: this i i know i kind of lost it at this (laughs) during this part of the movie i think i was actually screaming at the screen no absolutely not it's just so profoundly wrong and again used to create drama but who is responsible for the passengers and their health in reality it is the steamship company that is responsible It is the steamship company that had to actually inspect the passengers before allowing them on the ship and bringing them to Ellis Island. In fact, the steamship company was responsible for the health of all passengers. And if the medical examiners at Ellis Island found that the individual required further treatment, it was the complete responsibility of the steamship company to pay for that person's care, food and housing until they were either released into the US or they were deported home. And if they were deported home, again, the steamship company had to bear the cost of that. The foreign national and their family members were not responsible for that. In fact, on top of that, if, U.S. immigration found that the steamship company had a pattern and practice of bringing ill passengers to the U.S. And by ill, I mean seriously ill individuals with tuberculosis or any other communicable disease. They were fined $100 per passenger on top of having to pay the food, housing, and medical care of that passenger while they were on island two or island mm-hmm. three. A hundred dollars per passenger is a steep fine. In today's money with inflation, that would be approximately three thousand two hundred dollars per person. That is a huge fine.
0: But you know, in defense of the scriptwriter the character of Bruno was so unscrupulous, having pulled her out of line, which we know wasn't really possible, but in in this fantasy world, he could have pulled her out of line and forced her into prostitution, but he was so unscrupulous, it's very likely that he knew she didn't need to spend the money to get her sister out, and he was simply lying to her in order to get her to do what he wanted her to do.
1: True. I mean, it it could be that way, but, you know, wouldn't it have been nice if when, uh, you know, There's that point where she shows up on the island to get her sister. An immigration inspector could have said, no, 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 Lass, you don't have to pay to get your sister off. This is the shipping company. Keep this money as a nest egg for yourself and your sister so that you can resettle in the US. Welcome to America.
0: It makes you wonder because as we move forward, we're gonna be doing a lot more movies and we've encountered a few that we really wanna talk about wherein, it seems like you could have stayed true to reality mm-hmm. and still told a great story if you just put a little more effort into it. If you just really thought about it. In some ways, uh, the immigrant, the, the the facts about immigration in some of these movies seems like they're just pulling those facts from other movies, and that once a, a, an erroneous trope gets into a movie, it starts to reproduce itself Mm -hmm. and just show up in other movies because they're not doing real research anymore. They're just looking at other movies and using things that they've seen before, recombining them and accepting that as truth.
1: Yes. It makes it easier. It's been done before. Why reinvent the wheel?
0: And that's how it becomes a, what's called a movie trope, Mm -hmm. where it's a thing that's used over and over again, though not based in reality. Exactly. I have one more... uh, Bonus clip for this episode. We're going to do more of these. Uh, this has really been enlightening for me. I have one more bonus clip I want to play. And it's from uh, Brooklyn, from the movie Brooklyn that we've already seen with C, C. Ronan. Um, it's a really funny scene. And it still relates to immigration in a way. Now, um, she falls in love while she's in the United States with an Italian, young Italian boy uh, whose family is really probably just first generation. You know, they're mostly welcoming to her and she's having dinner with and she actually has practiced how to eat spaghetti with a twirling with a fork and spoon, which is, you know, a skill that needs to be acquired if you're going to eat uh, Sunday dinner with an Italian family. But at some point, the youngest son can't hold himself back anymore and he has to speak up because she's Irish and they're Italian. And I can tell you from experience, I grew up in an Irish and Italian neighborhood and uh, there was always some conflict between those groups um, as there often is between immigrant groups when they're put into the same location
1: so uh, what do you eat just irish stew not just
0: we so first of all i should say that we don't like irish people hey hey frankie what,
2: <laughs> what? we don't that is a well-known fact why frankie because a big gang of Irish beat Maurizio up and he had to get stitches. And because all the cops around here are Irish, nobody did anything bad.
0: Uh, th- there's probably two sides to it. I might have said something I shouldn't. You know, I, I, I can't remember now. No, because they beat you up. Anyway, they probably weren't all Irish. No, they just had red hair and big legs. Oh. All right, oh. up. Ow. Excuse us. <laughs> all I can say in his defense is he's the only one else who will get a college education can keep his mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's my bonus clip for this episode. Uh, do you have one, Lynn?
1: I absolutely love that clip of the family at the table, especially the youngest brother. He is-
0: They didn't do nothing, adorable. they didn't do nothing. His hands, are so great.
1: <laughs> his hand gestures are fantastic. You can tell he was- <laughs> I don't think I have it correct. <laughs> you can tell he was coached <laughs> to do something. did nothing. That. <laughs> um, uh, and I, I do have a clip that you found for me. Um, I know you love this I have this to one. admit, I have not watched the whole movie. Nor have I. It's called "The Golden Door," and the Golden Door is what many immigrants refer to for Ellis Island. It was seen as the golden entryway to a new country where the streets were paved with gold.
0: And it's also a line from the from the uh, the poem that's inscripted on the Statue of Liberty. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. That's where that comes from.
1: So it's a beautifully named film. Um, Unfortunately, the clip you found for me, I had a (laughs) uh, not so great. So let's play the clip.
0: Just a little explanation for our podcast listeners. The well-dressed heroine of the film is putting together a puzzle made from large wooden pieces of various shapes
2: love table games,
0: While two serious-looking men watch.
2: May I ask, I thought you were looking for illnesses and contagious diseases here.
0: Unfortunately,
2: ma'am, it has been scientifically proven that lack of intelligence is genetically
0: inherited, hence contagious, in a way. We are trying to prevent below-average people from mixing with our citizens. What a modern vision. What the? (laughs) You forgot to. to... What
1: the? You're gonna obviously bleep those, but. No, no, no,
0: no. For the last time, no.
1: No. How modern? Oh no, not how modern. No. How eugenics? No, it's not. That is so wrong. Okay. Um, no, we did not set up table games to have people play with puzzles to see if they were intelligent. Oh, literally, it's pieces of wood that she's putting together. No, that doesn't show that you're intelligent. And let me just fix the record. Uh, there is no scientific study that shows that being unintelligent is contagious. Ugh. So wrong, so offensive. <laughs> Thumbs down.
0: Well, that's it for this episode of Immigration in the Movies, Myth or Truth, <laughs> with our expert Lynn Walker, attorney Lynn Walker, partner Lynn Walker of Minor and Landis.
1: If you have any immigration movies or any movies that you want us to uh, watch and destroy for you and just (laughs) completely obliterate um, some fantasy you have about how realistic they are and how much you love them, please send us your recommendations. So thank you for joining us.
0: Thanks, Lynn. See you guys next time.